Welcome back to the Talking Footy podcast, where each week across the footy season, we're talking with the biggest names in the game. I'm Sam Lane, and our guest sitting opposite me is AFLW star and new Carlton recruit, Taylor Harris. And we're talking exactly one year after the AFLW was officially announced. Taylor was named as one of the marquee players of that inaugural season and signed to the Brisbane Lions at the tender age of 19. The Lions went undefeated all season, but in the grand final fell to the Adelaide Crows. Then in a sensational move, Taylor announced in May that she'd parted ways with Brisbane, deciding to play the 2018 season with the Carlton Footy Club. A major decision given she was born and bred in Queensland and is leaving behind her family and friends in a big move to Melbourne. In this podcast, I'm discussing with Taylor why she decided to leave Brisbane, how hard it was for her to tell her ex-coach, Craig Stasevich. Yeah, it probably took me weeks to even get the courage to call him. I wanted to meet up with him um, in person, like at a cafe or something, but I literally couldn't because I would just cry and that would be embarrassing. We discuss her boxing ambitions. I want to get a belt. I reckon that'll be cool. The boxing title belt. I'll get one eventually, hopefully, if I get the opportunity. So, but this is what I'm like with sport. Like if I start something, I may as well try and see how far I can go. If I don't, then I'll always wonder, won't I? And her newfound appreciation of eating lettuce. I've never ever eaten lettuce. I hate it. I'm not even joking. I hate lettuce. I think it's disgusting. But I force myself to eat it because it's good for you or whatever. We're talking footy. Taylor, that's a very big introduction. It is. Thanks You're for a that. woman that can live right up to it. Yeah, if you reckon. <laughs> what kind of spirits are you in? Because you've had a very interesting couple of weeks. Um, of course, we're a marquee player for the Brisbane Lions, but have made a massive decision, which we'll get into a bit later. But you're now a Carlton player. Yeah, so it has been a very dramatic couple of months actually um, after the season, just sorting out what my next, what I was doing next. Um, but yes, I will be departing Brisbane, heading down to Melbourne hopefully next month um, if all goes well. And yes, yeah, starting my new life in Melbs. The burning question, which I want to hear in your words, is why? Yeah, so that is obviously what happened. Um, it was, yeah, a bit up in the air for a couple of weeks and then I... I guess confirmed that that was my intention to move down to Melbourne to find a Melbourne club. I then met with the clubs and I straight away um, formed a connection, I guess, with Carlton and the people there, Damo, the coach, I thought um, I would um, have a form a really good relationship, which I think is important when I play footy to have a, a coach player kind of relationship. So yeah. And I guess my, the big reason behind it all was definitely a personal thing. So I wanted to move to Melbourne myself. It wasn't necessarily about um, AFLW, more so than just a lifestyle change, if that makes sense. So it's not necessarily Brisbane to Carlton, it's more Queensland to Victoria. So I guess that, that was it. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to not only grow in footy, but also personal development and all that sort of stuff. So I'll have a challenge living out of home not only down the road, but um, several thousand kilometres away. <laughs> um, it, yeah. It sounds like when you put it that way, just like classic sort of itchy feet of a now 20-year-old. I mean, you were, you've been born and bred in Queensland. Yes. When you talk about the personal aspect, are you just sort of, you know, a 20-year-old who wants to see yeah, exactly something right. different? I've lived in Brisbane for 20 years in like a 35-kilometre radius. Um, but, yeah, I... 
haven't really ventured out properly. So that's mm. what I intend to do. So this feels like your big life adventure, even more possibly than a footy adventure. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. I'd put it. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> so you hadn't even until this year moved out of home. Is that right? You were with mum and dad, but you've you've had the experience just this year of, of living with Emma Zilke. Yeah. Is that right? From, so from the Lions? Obviously I didn't finish school until 2014. Yeah. So after school, um, I was working full-time already actually at AFL Queensland. So I was commuting to and from mum and dad's place, which is on the north side, like pretty far on the north side. So it's taken a while to get to work every day, but that was right. I wasn't really ready to move out yet. But then the AFLW season came around and I realised I'd have to be on that south side every day, like from morning until night. So I figured it'd probably be a lot smarter to move out. So Emma Zilke, um, a good friend of mine, so obviously the captain of the Lions, um, conveniently needed a housemate. So it all worked out well and we had a good time. And we'll talk about how Emma Zilke, not to mention Craig Stasevich, the coach, have been left feeling because I know Craig sort of considers you like a daughter. So he he will be very, very sad to, to lose you from the team. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. I want to just talk to you about the first season. Here and now, and it's, you know, it's mid-June, what is your most vivid memory of AFLW season one, good, bad or indifferent? Uh, yeah, so there was a lot, of, a lot of ups and downs, more ups than downs. But um, I guess the... The shock to the system was going from club community footy to AFLW, so mm-hmm. AFL footy. Um, so, yeah, training standards and everything went up tenfold and we had to you know, really, really crack in. So from the start, I think the first training session, we, we all were just walked off the track hobbling because it was difficult. But um, in the end, we all got used to what's expected and the elite standards and stuff, which obviously was going to happen because no one had ever trained under and with such facilities um but and then obviously the success that Brisbane had made for an enjoyable um playing season and yeah because I we didn't actually experience a loss until the very last probably the most important game so that wasn't ideal but um yeah we still were really happy to be a part of it and to get Brisbane um, to come through as underdogs. Can they get a mark inside 50? Here's Frederick Trawl. Couldn't quite. Crows win. The Adelaide Crows are the first AFLW Premiers and the admiration of a nation indeed. What is the most memorable on-field moment that you had? Um, probably, I suppose the first game. Yeah. I feel like a lot of AFL players will say that, their first game. Can you recreate it? It was out at Casey, you were playing yeah. well, and it was, there was thunder. It was very dramatic. It, it was, was very wet. Yeah. yeah, so rainy, not ideal for a tall forward. Um, and, yeah, it was, it, first it was windy. It was really windy. And then it was rainy and then it was lightning and we had to stop and then we went back on the field. So now we're playing in a swimming pool. <laughs> so we did, yeah, we were playing water polo at one point, I think. But no, it was it was really cool that the fans actually stayed. I didn't expect yeah. to turn around and see people still there in the pouring rain, but they all were and they wanted to stay and support us, which I thought was pretty special. Well, can you nominate a happiest memory? Uh, yeah, well, probably... Uh, in Perth, actually, mm-hmm. well, I kicked 
my first goal, which was okay. pretty cool. And I never celebrate. Like, I just don't really... I If I ever celebrate, it's kind of take take the piss. Can I say that? You can say that. Yeah. It's the Talking Footy podcast. Yeah, okay. I think we're all grown-ups. Yeah, well, to have yeah, a bit of a laugh at myself. Um, but So if I ever do anything, it'll just be stupid. But this time, I actually ha- half got excited, probably. <laughs> and my teammates were all, didn't probably know who it was because I was... Jumped around a little bit, probably for about half a second, and then all the girls came around and got around me. So that was that was special to share that with everyone. 19-year-old, the uh, top marquee signing for Brisbane. This will be a big goal to put him back in front. And it's going to hold its line and swing back beautifully in the breeze. And Brisbane lead it here at Fremantle Oval. Proudest moment? Um, ooh, I don't know, let me think. Proudest moment... Oh, probably, so Ali Anderson on the team, number 18. She mm-hmm. is the most underrated player in the AFLW. She's okay. amazing. We'll write that hasn't, down. Hasn't had her um, her shine yet, but she will. Um, her and I have been best friends for ages, so for her to be on the team um, with me was pretty cool because we could spend the trips away hanging out and having fun and then run on the footy field together and share those um, memories. What about a grand final memory? I mean, it was at... Metricon, as we know, and there was a bit of controversy around that. More people came and watched the AFLW Grand Final than than watched the Q Clash afterwards, the men's one. So there were heaps of people. I remember it yep. was like a, oh, it's like a Justin Bieber concert. It was so noisy. <laughs> yeah. um, heaps of screams. What what apart from the disappointment of of losing the Grand Final, what's your most sort of vivid memory of that day? Um, yeah, it was a really special day and we got to actually stay on the coast together as a team because um, some people think that Brisbane and the Gold Coast are close, but they're actually not. It's an hour and a half, I say. But um, yeah, so we got to stay all together and then we did the whole thing together as a team, which I thought was cool. We had breakfast, we travelled to the field, um, got all ready. And yeah, I think just to be able to play on Metricon, such a great facility, was special and then um, to to run out through the banner and hear everyone yelling and uh, we could look up from the race and our families were there. Mm. So that was pretty cool as well. Um, and, yeah, ob- obviously the game was what it was. It was an hour when everything beforehand was chaotic and then as soon as we started playing it was just about... I couldn't hear anything other than um, what I, the girls on the field, what I needed to hear. So, yeah, I guess the game is a bit of a blur until I watch it on the TV again, which I haven't really yet, but... Um, it's still, it's too soon. But, um, yeah, everything else before and after was pretty cool. After, I suppose, I was in the fetal position for a few minutes, crying. But then as soon as I got over it, um, I realised that we were part of something really special. So we didn't win, but the fact that Adelaide won and I obviously have friends on that team, mm-hmm. um, I am happy for them. And they were also a bit of an underdog, so I thought it was cool. How, Regardless, someone would win that no one thought would. Are you are probably someone who, you know, is classic, you know, generation now and, you know, you just roll with the punches and you move through stuff pretty quickly. But I wonder how much did that result linger and burn with you when you say, you know, fetal position first <laughs> but then you moved on? I mean, how much, how deeply did it hurt? Was the Was it sort of the most cutting footy result that you can remember in your footy playing experience? Yeah, I think so. And everyone um, reacts differently to 
stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I am very much a move on with life kind of person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, initially it was a bit, siren went and it was a bit like, oh, that, that's it. Like it's over. We didn't win, but, um, and then we had the ceremony and they got presented with the cup and everything. So I suppose for maybe an hour after I was real sad, but then we had celebrate, like we celebrated as a team for the season and just gone and kind of changed the vibe around everyone that we're now celebrating rather than being disappointed. So, and I suppose it is disappointing, but it's just an opportunity to to come back and do one better next time. So we're sitting here now, you know, several months down the track. If, if you're honest, does that result burn with you or is it just something that happened in your past? It's just something that happened. Like I, I move on and I'm focusing now um, solely on the next season. Like, mm. yeah, I'm even five minutes ago, That that's in the past now. I don't mm. even think about it anymore. So, um, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm like. I just get on with stuff and... See what's next. Well, then, to that, to you deciding that you wanted to leave the Lions. Now, we've sort of touched on it. I mean, there was no more sort of emblematic footballer for AFLW in Queensland than you. Um, because you're a brilliant player, uh, because you're only going to get better, because you already worked at AFLQ, all that stuff, Taylor, because you are from here and yet you decided to turn your back on all of that. <laughs> How deeply... I think it sounds savage. Oh, well, it, <laughs> it's a pretty big call. Yeah, it is. Um, to, give us an insight into how much you wrestled with that, agonised with that, how, how maybe you changed your mind a couple of times. I don't know. So because we signed one-year contracts, and that's just what it was, everyone did, that's yep. what it was, um, I suppose as soon as you real, I wasn't thinking about it before... The season started, but the season's eight weeks. So <laughs> I suppose I think probably in advance a couple of months for everything. Um, I probably was not for more than a minute <laughs> through the season was thinking, oh, I wonder what's next. Like, I want to know what I'm going to do next year. And then I thought, oh, no, I should stop thinking about that. It's the season right now. Um, so I got on with the season. And then as soon as the season's finished, obviously everyone was saying, like, oh, yes, like, do you want to sign the contract? like soon or whatever and I was like oh, I'm just gonna have a little think so I um, made sure that I had all my options there I met with a few clubs for this for the sake of it and just for peace of mind that I had all my options and I could sit down and have a real think um, whereas I, I suppose and not regretting it or anything like that but I maybe rushed into signing with Brisbane because I met with them and I kind of said, okay, this sounds really cool. Like In the first instance? Yeah, in the first season. So, But um, I'm obviously glad I did and it was the right decision because I lived in Brisbane and everything. It was ideal, but um, I didn't actually give myself really an opportunity to have everything laid out like a mature adult would. But now I've developed into a 20-year-old <laughs> and, yeah, I really had a good hard think about it and I um, came to the conclusion that this was the right decision for me, How? as hard as it was though. Mm. Yeah, so... Obviously, making the decision and then having to follow through with it, uh, it would have been so easy for me to stay. Um, but I genuinely thought that this is the right thing for me to do personally. So I um, continued on with it. Mm. Not that I didn't have my Britney Spears shaving my head movement moments, but um, yeah, it was pretty stressful. But then yeah. it all worked out for the better, which everything always does work out. So. You were restless here. You were feeling restless. Yeah. Here. Yeah. In life? Oh, yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, as I said earlier, um, 
being 20 and having haven't lived anywhere else other than Brisbane like I don't I don't think anyone can actually blame me for wanting to venture out to be honest and um as hard as it is for Brisbane fans and Lions staff and stuff um it's just the way it is and um yeah how many other clubs seriously came to you and pitched themselves and how many were you seriously contemplating so I think it was more me um going to them because obviously it's not it would be a bit um far-fetched for them to think that the marquee player or whatever at Brisbane might want to come down to Melbourne town but um it was so I um asked my manager to to look at the options and we did so I I didn't actually mean to, but I was in Melbourne um, on a little bit of a road trip with a friend and I was just there for the week hanging out. And then so we worked out some times for the sake of it because I was there to meet with a couple of clubs. Um, and I met with uh, Carlton first and straight away, like literally straight away after meeting with them, I thought that, yeah, that's where I want to go. Like I really liked the people that I met with, which was Damo and then Lil who works um, in the club the well in the welfare mm-hmm. part and Damo's Damien keeping the coach. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, after meeting with Carlton, I thought that this is the place I want to go, and then obviously I knew a few of the girls like Bree and Darcy who were at the forefront of Carlton, and mm-hmm. I think that I would fit in with them pretty well. So what other clubs? Um, there was Collingwood for for the sake of it, I suppose, and Melbourne because I I did have connection with them obviously, and I Debbie Lee. I think is a really great person, so I um, thought that would be good and useful to obviously meet with them. Just as, as I said before, to have all my options. Um, I didn't actually meet with the Bulldogs, but okay. I was pretty set on Carlton after I met them. And when you say Collingwood, just for the hell of it, like you, you didn't think they were I, serious about you? Or? No, no, I just didn't really like from an outset. Yep. I I probably thought I as a I suppose Carlton is a big power. Uh, sorry, Collingwood is a big powerhouse club and scrutiny on um on the players is pretty savage just more so than other clubs to be honest and I okay my probably, hopes are probably a good example yeah of that. yeah if if anything else other than um looking at Mo and what she copped a little bit and I probably didn't want to really jump right into that environment okay um it's interesting yeah so just just a little bit of that but not um I actually I met with Collingwood after Carlton and I was pretty set on Carlton I think maybe they sense that so wow. um but that's cool. Every every club, I thought had a really good um, p- pitch, I suppose. And it's mm. not not that I um, could be real picky and choosy, but I could nominate who I was preferring. So, yeah, that's just that's what I did. So tell me, what do you remember, even if it's a little thing, that impressed you so much about Lil and Damien at Carlton? Like, what did was it what they said, or did they buy you a really nice cup of tea? I don't know. Like. <laughs> What was so good oh, and it was, impressive? It was the perfect English <laughs> breakfast. Um, we no. both like tea, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Damo uh, was clearly a people person, I uh-huh. suppose, and he seemed to genuinely care about the girls that are already on the team, um, them personally as well as football players, and I thought that was really important because I did. I was exposed to that from Craig in Queensland. So he he genuinely cares about people and me as a person and, and a player. Um, and I was looking for that in the next coach that I had. And if I didn't find that in Damo, I don't... Lucky I did straight away because I didn't really have to think about 
that, but I don't know what I would have done if I didn't actually have a genuine connection with whatever coach mm. was at the, the new club I decided to go to. But thank God that it did work out that way. So I'm really excited to, and I feel like I will play like I did for, I will play for the coach, which is what I do in most of my sports. I, I also do boxing. So I, when I fight, I never want to let down my coach because he's someone that I really um, respect and mm. that's what I'll do at in footy as well. And that's what I do and have done f- in footy for years. In terms of the hardest conversations you've ever had in your life, how did the conversation that you had to have with Craig Stasevich, your Brisbane coach, who's been a really consistent mentor for you through thick and thin, how hard on the hard scale <laughs> did that rate when you told him, I'm, I've decided and I'm leaving? Yeah, that yeah, it probably took me weeks to even get the courage to call him. I was I wanted to meet up with him um, in person, like at a cafe or something, but I literally couldn't because I would just cry and that would be embarrassing. Um, and I yeah, I probably wouldn't even be able to speak. I'm flat out speaking about serious stuff in person already, and this was a pretty big deal. So I had to had to call him um, and. I called, I said, I think I was just like, hello, Craig, like, how you going? Normal talk. And then I said, so, um, yeah, I'm leaving. And then he's, I, I can't exactly remember what he said, but obviously his reaction was disappointed. And then he said, he asked why and I had to explain. And then he said something along the lines of, oh, but he said, D- did you like the team? And did you like us coaches and stuff? I said, yes, I really did. I thought they did, everyone did a great job and I loved the girls. And I think the coaching was awesome. Um, and then he he just said, well, I don't understand. And I just got upset because, that yeah, I didn't want him to think that it was anything that he'd done um, or anything that any other coaches had done. So I just tried to make that point come across really clear. It was difficult to get across because I was, yeah, probably, yeah, not really getting my point across very well because I never do with serious stuff. But um, in the end, we got there and after probably 45 minute conversation. Wow. Yeah, but um, he was one of the first to send me a message to say congratulations and that he'll always be a friend friend for life, mm. which I thought I'll cherish that um, forever after, after I got to Carlton, obviously. So if I've never met a more genuine person than Craig, so that's good. I've got my boxing fight in next weekend, so he said he'd come along, so hopefully yeah. I see him there. I saw him yesterday, actually, while I was here, and he said to me, I'm still, I don't know, I mean, he was being Craig, like, relaxed and sort of, you know, what he's like. But he did say, when I asked him about you, he's like, oh, I still don't think I'm ready to talk about that, like, I'm still (laughs) upset. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Uh, Well, yeah, I suppose because our relationship's pretty unique that um, we actually worked in the same office. I was working full-time at AFL Queensland, so... Every day I'd be down there yep. in his office um, where he was working. I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. He, he was awesome. He had his new puppy um, in the office all the time. So I was down there playing with her, Riley. Big, a big unit of a dog. I can't remember it's what. Bernard, isn't Bernard, it? Bernard, yeah. I'm not that good at dogs. This big, full-on bear dog. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I suppose we, we went through a bit of a journey because he started his coaching Um mm with the under 18 girls and I was in, in that team that he would have yeah. first coached. So I suppose he's seen, well, I've seen him coach 
his whole coaching time. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. special. Yeah, in women's. So that was pretty special um, for us. But it's just the way it is. Like you know, I'm sure he'll he'll um, get to know the girls that actually got traded there from Carlton, who are mm. quite young as well. So I'm sure that he'll form a relationship with them. And um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Hey, what do you get when you cross a news journal? Three retired footy players and a comedian. It's the kick. Nick, you fell in love over the summer. I fell in love Thursday night. Who with? Dustin Martin. Oh, I'll fight you for On Saturday night, join Luke Darcy, Matthew Richardson, Cameron Ling, Sam Lane, and Richmond tragic Mick Malloy. It's, it's a For a show with a difference. It's been overturned and it is a point. Well, who said it was a goal? <laughs> it's The Kick, every Saturday night, live and free on the channels of Seven. How did you all in all rate your season? You made Playing? All, yeah, you made All-Australian. From the standards that you set for yourself and personally, how did you rate what you produced on field? Yeah, I... I probably, and I'm pretty um, self-critical, but not the type of critical that is like putting myself down or anything. But I genuinely don't. I don't think I played at all to my potential. Um, yeah. So I, I think anyone who watched AFLW and is, I'm sure people critique me on the season just gone. Is it's probably nothing like what you'll see next season. Like I'm, I hardly. Um, yeah, I hardly really did much at all did I <laughs> maybe a quarter I played okay but I am um, I completely intend to really crack in at Carlton and um deliver a much better season and yeah I, I've done the, I've done the work already for the last few months I'm in a in an indirect way for footy um I've got a as I said earlier a boxing match so I've um, really been training pretty constantly mm. um and I'm going to continue that so um, I will go into the season in good condition. Um, whereas last season, which I was I was saying before, we've gone from community to AFL. So already no one was going to be to the fitness that they're going to be now because mm. they've had a season under their belt. But, yeah, the season will be, um, hopefully, I'll be probably unrecognisable to last season. Is there a reason if you don't think that you played near your potential at Brisbane in season one... Is there a reason that you think that was the case? No, I think, I just think, um, I don't know, I, I was probably not fit enough. I, def- I wasn't fit enough. I want to play more versatile, so I want to be able to, if I'm getting held down forward, that's fine, just chuck me wherever um, to for a few minutes to, to try and shake that. But And I think that was trialled a little bit in Adelaide, actually. Yep. I went into the rock a bit, that. which mm-hmm. was cool, but... um. If I intend to do that, which I do, um, then I'm going to have to get fitter, which I am already after my um, training for the last few months. But, yeah, I, I want to be versatile. So I'll, I want to be able to play wherever I'm put, which right now if any if any coach said go play fullback, like I would just do it because I just do what I'm told all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to be able to, to confidently say and take on any challenge. Tell us about your footy career then, in a nutshell, growing up. You played with boys from the age of? Uh, five. Uh-huh. And yeah. who got you into footy? Like, who was your footy champion? Who um, got you there? So who encouraged you? 
bit unique for a Queensland family, but um, totally. We were down. So Dad's side of the family played. He he played for Queensland when he was younger, um, and at Everton Wolves, I believe, and Did then Sam Hawks, Warren Harris. Okay. So, yeah, he was the footy dad, Man. and yeah. then. Um, Uncle Stephen, his brother, also played. Like it, that's what they did. Um, Pop actually, though, was an Australian hockey player, which is random enough. So our family is wow. a little bit diverse in the sporting space. But um, what was yeah. his name? Uh, William Harris. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, look him up. Ledge. Um, yeah. So I played footy. We were down at the footy field at Aspley Hornets. And my brother was playing because he would have been seven at the time. Mm-hmm. And I apparently just wanted to join in. So I jumped in with that little team and everyone knows like little kids footy is just real cute and the coach is a brother or a dad or whatever so the coach didn't mind and I just jumped in and then ever since just kept playing every year with Jack my brother but then after like under 10s or something I would get to my own age group eventually I played a year up or two years up and then one year up and then my own age Mm -hmm. so did that and then after 14 girls aren't allowed to play with boys to my disappointment so I went over to Zilmere Eagles, which was the closest women's team. I didn't know anything about anything, so I just rocked up. It was a shy girl. And, yeah, I joined in with these women's teams of every ranging from whatever age. I think the youngest was probably, like, 17 or whatever at that time, so it was really daunting being 15. Um, but it's just the way it was. got on with it. And then I stayed there for several years, and I made some really good close friends. Recently, I've... Obviously, I've left Silmere because I'm moving down south, but I'm now back involved with Aspley mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, so they've got a women's team as well and not playing, but um, just involved with them trying to help out wherever I can and training sometimes. And I am actually did a few shifts at the club behind the bar. Yeah, so really Aspley's always been supportive of my career since I left under 14. And before the AFL exhibition games for women and AFLW, what would you have said was your sort of highlight in in footy? Well, I think when I was playing with the boys, I, I know, actually, I know Katie Brennan is someone that I remember also played with the boys. Mm. And I think it creates the player that, um, so I, I feel like Katie also has the same kind of go into any contest yeah. like an animal and then just try and get the ball kind of um, idea of footy. So, yeah, I think memories of playing with the guys and just getting crunched and then just having to get back up mm. because if you stay down, then it's just like, oh, she's a girl. Like, of course she's going to – do you know what I mean? That yep. kind of – but if you just stand back up and f- pretend like nothing happened, then everyone will just think over it and next time you get knocked down, then you get, everyone's just like, oh, she'll get back up. It's fine rather than girl getting knocked down, everyone going, oh, God, the girls are yeah. falling over like – I hate the thought of that, so I'd made sure that that never happened. Mm. So yeah. do you think, I mean, the rule was that I think it was after under 14 yeah. you needed to go and play with girls only. What age do you reckon that should be, like now? Well, I don't know. I think it's probably case by case because I was bigger than the boys when I was boys. 14 still because yeah. I'm quite tall and stuff, and I was fine. But obviously there's 14-year-old girls that are tiny. Sure. They, I just think, and it's true, like I think it's it's fine like 14's a good enough age whatever maybe there could be room for compensation if there's a girl really lighting up the boys side and if there wasn't girls pathways now I would probably challenge that but there is girls pathways Mm. so it's not like when I had to change 
I was going into women's team, which was probably scary and probably even more dangerous. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but just because they w- didn't, some of them didn't know what they were doing. Oh, or? more just because they were big, like women, Bigger. like yeah, adults. Right. So I was versing adults as opposed to if I stayed in the boys, I could play under sixteens. I right. think was next. They're still under sixteen. So if that makes sense, but that was my time. Now it's completely opposite. Like mm. girls can go and play their own age group straight away, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I just think, I mean, whatever. You and just have to get on with it. Like, yeah. I wasn't like a big, big sad like, oh, I have to quit footy now. Like, right? You no, didn't I was just have like that moment. Yeah, I was just like, oh, well, whatever. We'll just go play women's or let's try this out, and it was alright. So. Yeah, you've been training in earnest for now months. Yeah. Right, because you're doing this fight. Tell us who's it against, what's it for, and why are you doing it? So I started boxing. Actually, everything comes back to footy, doesn't it? Because I started boxing um, a couple of years ago because I wanted to do something else to keep fit other than footy. Um, and I tried boxing and I started at a gym called Corporate Box at Lutwich. And the gym was cool. Like, it was a really good environment. Like, I, I walked in. As soon as I walked in, no one knew who I was, but everyone said hello. I thought that was pretty cool. I picked up the technique a little bit, and I've been working on my technique ever since. But, um, yeah, I originally started doing it for fitness. And then, I'm, as you know, I'm a bit – I like to do things because, then, like, why not actually fight people? Like, obviously, that's the thing I would do next because I've punched a bag. Now I punch someone's head, right? <laughs> um but no, I am competitive, so I wanted to see how far I could go with the sport. And obviously that's the next step, actually having a fight. So I had my first fight um, uh, last year, it was, and I won that by TKO, technical knockout. And then I have done a few other recently, like intra-club kind of fight things, which is cool. Um, and now I've got my pro debut next weekend. Wow. How do you, are you feeling nervous about it? No, I'm feeling okay. I've done all the training and I can't do anything else. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I've done everything I can, so there's no reason why I won't be able to perform. Has anyone said you shouldn't? Like, even if they have, I haven't heard it because I just do you're doing whatever it. I want. You're seriously, like, you're looking really lean and fit and strong. Can Thanks. you give us a bit of insight into how hard you've been training, what you've been doing and how, yeah. you know, disciplined you're, you're being. I'm tipping that strawberry milkshakes are not on no. the old agenda. If anyone knows me, knows that I love flavoured milk and I love, ch- like, food, Indian, butter chicken, like, everything. But I can't eat that right now because I have to actually lose weight for the fight to get in the weight division that I'm going to fight at. Which is what? Uh, 72 kilos. Okay. Um, I was 78 not long ago. Big girl. Um, now I'm down. But I have just eaten a salad, which honestly, <laughs> I've changed. Like, I'm gonna. <laughs> I can verify this because I saw you eat the salad. I know. Like, had you never had a salad? I've in your never whole life? ever eaten lettuce. I hate oh, it. Taylor. I'm not even joking. I hate lettuce. I think it's disgusting. But I forced myself to eat it because it's like good for you or whatever. Um, but I didn't even mind it because I had like a dressing as Caesar. Yeah. Which the dressing's probably not you great, but whatever. basically polished the whole bowl off. I'm oh, I say. cannot even explain this. Like, this is a revolution. Well, forget the AFLW. <laughs> Taylor's eating lettuce. <laughs> Seriously. Um, no, nah, just kidding. But I'm not kidding about the lettuce. But um, probably never again after the fight will All I right. eat lettuce. Uh-huh. Um, How many times a week are you training? Every day. Yeah. I will do different different things to 
to keep it interesting. So I'll do swimming one day or one morning and then I'll do boxing. We have classes at the gym, like fight, fighters classes. So our coach, um, Farris, he's actually Australian champion. He, he will take us through training and we'll do like partner drills and um, work on technique and stuff. And then other days I'll do running and then I'll do pads, like punching the pads. And then I'll do all sorts of things. Like I'll do footy training on Thursday nights at Aspley to keep kicking and everything. Um, and then, yeah, just lots of um, do my own things in the gym. like. And what are you doing it for? Um, I don't know, because it's cool. I want to get a belt. I reckon that'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. The boxing title belt. So I'll get one eventually, hopefully, if I get the opportunity. So, But this is what I'm like with sport. Like if I start something, I may as well try and see how far I can go. If I don't, then I'll always wonder, won't I? Yeah. So that's you- what I'm doing. It, will it help your footy? Has it yes. already? Uh, if I can say that anything has improved my footy drastically in the last five years or whatever, it's boxing. Like, I can't even explain how much. And any Craig will be the probably best advocate for it, noticing that my mentality first and then for training and for, for like, finishing games and all that sort of stuff. But my, like, footwork, um, I, I'm stronger in my shoulders especially so all these little things that have come from boxing um have crossed over to footy that have helped me a lot so I completely intend to keep doing it not at the expense of footy like I'm not gonna quit footy for it um but I will definitely when I can continue to box and pursue boxing. Do you have do you think a reputation of being a bit of a wild child and if you do is it fair if I do no it's not fair because I'm the most like I don't know how to explain it like I'm I'm very chilled like I'm very casual about everything but I'm not um I don't think of can think oh when every single person surely when they turn 18 go out and experience everything I think I had probably like a three-month little go out on the weekend hang out with friends and what's this all about and then I had a boxing fight coming up, so all of a sudden I don't even want to do that anymore. I'm mm. going to go to training on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not. Like, I'm 20 and I have a laugh, but I'm not wild. Like, come on now. If I'm wild, then I don't even know what, like, what, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Corey Worthington is wild. Right. Remember that boy? Yeah, I do. Yeah. He created a bit of a riot. What do you reckon your reputation is around the footy world from people that don't know you but just see you and hear you? Um, I, I don't even know. I haven't even thought about that. Okay, so but you don't For people who don't know me, um, I don't take their... If they have a negative opinion of me, I don't take... It, if they don't know me, I don't take it into consideration whatsoever because they no no genuine information so anything I read or hear or whatever about someone saying something about what they think of me and also anyone who takes it on board is not as genuine either so that's how I think of it I suppose and if you actually want to know what I'm like then you can get to know me and listen to this podcast yeah listen to the podcast Well, I have some rapid-fire questions for you to end this, and it's been a fascinating insight. Thank you. You're welcome. But I want to ask you before the rapid-fire, if we're sitting here in a year and you've just had your first season at Carlton, what do you hope you've achieved in season two AFLW? Um, I hope I am able to meet my expectations for playing, which I um, am confident that I will. 
which is not necessarily figures, just being able to feel like I've given everything at the end of each game, which um, I did in Brisbane, like I did give everything. Um, but I just, yeah, sometimes wasn't really positionally in, like in the right in the right spots all the time. So I want to make sure every contest um, I just give everything and then get, if something goes wrong, like not to dwell on it. I had a, I sometimes would dwell on things like if I missed a goal, I would sometimes be a bit like, oh, that's a bit, that's not very good, is it? But um, now if I miss a goal, that's it. It's a seven point play now. I get the ball again and I kick a goal and now I've kicked seven points rather than six points. So that's my new little plan. Um, good mantra. But yes, yeah, so that's what I hope. And then I also just hope to have a really, just a good time, like enjoy it a lot and yeah, really get the most out of it, which I will. Okay, rapid fire. Here we go. Who's the best player at Brisbane you played with? Oh, do you mean on the field? What do you mean? Yeah. Teammate. Um, I reckon, um, oh, this is difficult. I reckon Emily Bates is unreal. Obviously, she's the best in Paris, but no one really saw what we saw on the field, that she did so much more than what, she, what it looks like on the screen. Who's the best player you played against? Chelsea Randall. Oh. Yes, obviously. She's, I reckon. No words. Yeah, unreal. Best advice you have ever been given? Uh, oh, that's, oh, I've got to give some wisdom here and I don't know, I can't think of anything. Oh, um, actually, do you know, in my first fight, my coach, Ferris, he said, um, keep your composure and victory will be yours. And I love that because I'm all about composure. I think in boxing, I've really like emphasised that lately. So I'm going to bring that to the footy field as well. Love it. Biggest lie the media has ever told about you. Oh, that I'm a wild child. I'm not. <laughs> okay, there you go. You, well, that's why I you raised let the it. Cat out the bag. That's why I raised it. I wanted to hear your answer. The last time you cried. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I haven't cried lately. Talking to Craig. Happy. Well, that was a while ago, though. Like, yeah, but months. was it the last time? Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> I don't no, want to put words in your mouth. Everything's been great since the Carlton um, announcement. Where do you see yourself in 20 years' time? Um, in Hawaii, on a beach, sunbaking. Nah. I um, like it. Hopefully still playing footy and still... In 20 years, you'll be 40. Oh, maybe not. Just jokes. Um, <laughs> maybe on, on, on the telly. Maybe I'll pursue my little acting endeavours. Okay, and last one, the scissor kick, which you made famous, where you did the splits in the air. Could you ever do that? ever again or was it just a moment in time I do it I can do it all the time like I it's that's how I kick like that's there's um pictures when I was little that's how I kick that's how I was taught to kick I think I've gone a bit overboard with the whole follow-through thing that all the junior coaches torture but I can it's that's my style so I suppose yeah Taylor it's been so much fun um you turned your phone off that whole time which is a feat in itself. I know. You've eaten salad today. We're spending the rest of the afternoon together. What What's in store? Can you just give me a bit of a sample? Well, we're going to go, I have training at two o'clock, so uh -huh. we're going to go um, to Corporate Box where I, where I train and I'm going to do a bit, um, not too much today because I've had a pretty full-on week and you're going to witness what it's like. Yeah, and then in the ring. Yeah, and then later on I have my uncle's 50th birthday dinner, but um, after that, I think we're going to get... Actually, I think now we're going to get a cup of tea, aren't we? We're going to have a cuppa. And yeah. then we might have a bit of lunch and... Um, yes. I think you might back up the salad. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a bit far-fetched. 
Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening. And just one more thing before you go. If you enjoyed this episode of the Talking Footy podcast with Taylor Harris, make sure you please leave us a review. Taylor really likes feedback and it's very simple. Jump on iTunes, search Talking Footy podcast and give us a rating. Write a review if you feel like it and tell us who you want to hear from next. And don't forget to check out our other episodes, including with Eddie Maguire, Trent Cotchen and our very own Matthew Richo Richardson. Keep checking in for a new episode every week of the Talking Footy podcast. Thanks for listening. We're talking footy.